Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is May 14th, 2019. 113 days to kick off. First day of voluntary OTAs. Oh man, I am so excited. I'm like vibrating. I know. You got a lot of notes there. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. I've been following it as much as I could on Twitter, but the media couldn't tweet from practice. So I think that they've all kind of been trying to play catch up. Yeah, so they didn't. They weren't able to see everything that went on. I think they were only there for half the practice and another half the practice. The media was not allowed to be there. Bruce Arians gave his press conference after practice, and they didn't get a chance to talk to too many of the players. One of them being Vernon Hargreaves, which we'll get to that in a moment. No fact checks or follow-ups. We were right about everything? <laughs> we're, we're always right about everything. <laughs> yes, phase three is here. The OTAs, voluntary, of course. All the players were on the field, including the veterans and the rookies, first string, second string, and all the backups. No pads, no contact. They were inside today because of the rain. A couple people were not there, one of them being Gerald McCoy, of course. JPP. JPP. Also not there. Yes. We're kind of getting to a point now where you can't mention Gerald McCoy without mentioning JPP. And it's not just us. I think basically everyone, a lot of the podcasters that I've listened to, it's been the same thing. That's interesting. I wonder why that is. Well, I I guess it's because there's so much, so many people want to keep Gerald McCoy that they think without JPP, we got to keep Gerald McCoy. Yeah. So the two are inextricably linked. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a word. I'm telling you. Inextricably. A couple of bubblies in there. If you go to Carmen Vitale's article on Buccaneers.com, she did a write-up on the first impressions of OTAs today. She had a bunch of stuff on there about Jameis Winston and Evans. But at the end of the article, she had a little section called The Best Thing I Saw. Here's what she said, quoting verbatim. She said, this was incredible. So the offense decides on a swing pass to Peyton Barber on the outside. Easy enough, right? Sure as can be, Barber grabs the ball in stride but gets run out of bounds run out of bounds by none other than Vita Vea. Yes, interior defensive lineman Vita Vea. It was ridiculous. Vea chased Barber all the way down, and although it happened right in front of me, I'm still not sure what I witnessed. All of a sudden, I just saw the 300-pound Vea barreling toward my direction and heading off Barber for just a short game. And to top it all off, Vea just trotted right back to his position and lined back up. Casual. Your boy Vita Vey. My boy Vita. I was so happy to see that somebody's noticing him. <laughs> and that's one thing about, you know, I talk about how he just dominates linemen and everything. But the guy is extremely fast for his size. And he has a motor. He does not stop. I can't I can't count how many times he chased somebody down from behind last season. He doesn't stop. And he does he doesn't seem to get tired either. I mean I'm sure he does, but he doesn't seem to get tired. A lot of those big boys come in the second half to fourth quarter. They're out there panting and huffing. they got their hands on their hips. Never saw that with Bam. So anyhow, I just wanted to bring that up. Pat yourself on the back because you saw that in the last season. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I think everybody is going to be pleasantly surprised by Vea this year. Because they got to figure he was a rookie last year. And as Ian Beckles says, rookies suck. And coming off of an injury, he didn't play, what, the first five, six games? He was out a while. And when he did start playing... He wasn't playing that well. He was getting great push 
And he was dominating, but he was not able to get off his blockers. Which, that wasn't unique to him. That was a lot of guys on our defense oh, didn't yes. even try to get off their blockers. Yeah, we had this weird thing last year where the blockers were like magnets for our guys. Our guys would go out of their way to make contact with blockers. I swear, it had to have been coaching. But with Vea, it wasn't until he had that conversation with Jason Light where Jason told him to be violent. That's when things turned around for Vea. And if you watch the game... Pay attention when Vea tackles somebody or he's in a, a scrum. When he gets up, he places his hand on the opponent's chest as he's getting up. And he'll push him and shove him. He's, he's nasty. He's a nasty player. What is he, like 350 pounds, to 300 pounds, somewhere in there? He's a big boy. He's a big boy. Everybody, y'all keep your eye out for Vita Vea. Uh, I'm telling you, he's going to be elite. It's really interesting to me that he and Jason Light have that type of relationship. They better have. He was drafted first in the first round. Right, but this could be wrong. I could be just totally misapplying this. But to me, it seems like a GM is kind of like an HR manager. <laughs> like that's who's hiring you, that's yeah. who's bringing you in, and then how much do they really have to do with you? Right, they only talk to you if you get in trouble. Yeah, or like to negotiate their con- your contract, they're talking to your agent. Light seems to be a more personable fellow, and Vita Vea seems like a real fun-loving guy. I think they probably get along good in that aspect. I was listening to the Ira Kaufman podcast today, and they said that Rondé has a really good relationship with Light, too. Of course, he's close with Bruce Arians because he's known him since he was young. He apparently has a really good relationship with Jason Light, too. Yeah, Jason Light and Bruce Arians seem to be very affable guys. They just seem like they're very gregarious and fun-loving. And I think we're going to see that spread throughout the team you know, with Cutter, it was, you know, very analytical, sterile, clipboard. Detached. Yes, but now we're going to get much more personality to this team. And I think it's going to come, you know, straight from, like, an Arians. Carmen Vitale also said that Bo Allen appears to be emerging as a defensive tackle group leader. Really? Yes. Now, the defensive line during the drills is broken up between the defensive tackles and outside linebackers which our outside linebackers are what used to be our defensive ends. Uh, Bruce Arian said that the outside linebackers and defensive ends are the same position. So all the guys that were defensive ends previously are now considered outside linebackers. So Bo Allen is stepping up to the plate to become that veteran leadership on the defensive line. Really? Because who else do we have? Yeah. I mean, McCoy's not there. JPP, he would be an outside linebacker. Vita Vey, he's a young guy. Nacho, he's a young guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Bo Allen, but Bo Allen's a pretty seasoned veteran. You know, I mean, did win the Super Bowl with the Eagles a couple years ago. And I always liked Bo Allen. I mean, his film, even when I watched it when we first got him, before he had played a game for us, I was like, there's really nothing special about him. I mean, he's solid. There's not a lot of weaknesses to him, but there's not a lot of – he doesn't have a high ceiling either, but he's got a real high floor. He does have a motor. You know, he hustles. He plays through the whistle. There was really nothing special about him. But I'm glad to see or hear that he's stepping up – to be a communicator, that's good. We need that. That's what Bruce Arians wants. All you, all he wants at least one guy for every position group to be the leader. I also like about him that he restructured his contract yeah, a so, few months ago, so we could have a little bit of cap room. And didn't he take a pay cut? Yes, he did. That that's a team guy right there. He's not making that much anyway. And then for him to take a pay cut. Yeah, he could have done like. Uh, Curry did and just left and gone back to Philadelphia probably, but he decided to stay here and take a pay cut. Got to applaud him for that. Obviously someone who wants to be here. So we had both 
we had two practices going on. We had the first team practicing and the backups practicing at the same time. They were playing at different ends of the field. It was the first time we got a chance to see that in action. And apparently the big news of the day, Vernon Hargreaves did not practice. He was on the sideline, didn't practice with the first stringers. He's, or second stringers. Yes, he sat on the sideline, I, I, I guess, through the whole practice. Arians addressed it in the press conference, which was after the practice. And when asked why Hargreaves was on the sidelines while the first defense was on the field, he said, you'll have to talk to Vernon. He's got to get his mind right for practice. Ooh. Yeah, first shot over the bow there. But they're not really going to get a chance to talk to Vernon. The press right. I know. is the thing. What do you think about this? I have all kinds of stuff to say about it. Well, Arians is known for this. We've talked about it. He uses the media to call players out. Uh, he did it in Arizona quite a bit, even with the good guys, uh, Clays Campbell, and their, their best defensive lineman. He was always calling him out during press conferences saying, oh, yeah, he got three sacks, but he could have had five. You know, he just pushes guys to be better and better and better. And remember, at the beginning of the offseason, he was talking VH3 up. And VH3 even got on the podium and said, hey, this is – the way Arians is talking to him, he's giving me a lot of confidence. And now all of a sudden he's basically benching VH3. He's sending a signal. I think he wanted Vernon to be a leader. And that's what this whole thing was earlier in the preseason where he's talking Vernon up in the media. And I guess there wasn't the preparation that Arians was looking for. And so I think he's certainly making a statement. You got to remember Vernon is like the oldest guy in the backfield. Who else do we have? We got Control Bryce, but he's not established with the team. Hmm. He could come in and play a leadership role, but he's just not there yet. He doesn't have that rapport with the team that's already yes, and established. BH3 is a first-round draft pick, so you know you've got you're, you're special to start off with, and if you're going to be special, you might as well be a leader too. And I think that's what Arians wants from these guys. And I think Arians was probably trying to flesh him out with his public comments earlier in the offseason about how good he is and they like him. I think they were probably trying to see if he's capable of taking on a leadership role. Of course, this is all just speculation, too, on our parts. We don't know. Nobody knows what's going on. We don't know if he didn't know the playbook, if he come in with a bad attitude. We don't even know if he was drunk. We don't know. But that's good speculation there, Molly. Thank you. Uh, I felt like B.A. is like, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed in you, Vernon. <laughs> it's kind of a shaming. It's like when your dad's mad at, or disappointed in you, not even mad. You almost wish they would be mad at you. Chastising, wagging the finger. Yeah. You've disappointed me, son. It made me think, now, this would not be a Bucks podcast in general without talking about Gerald McCoy. I've wondered about the public comments B.A. made at the owners meeting in Arizona about McCoy because it just was such a seemed out of character for what he was doing for the rest of the team. You know, he's talking about Peyton Barber, VH3, mm-hmm. MJ Stewart. Like he's talking up all these guys. Yeah, he's a confidence builder. And then Gerald McCoy, he's going, yeah, he's not as good as he used to be. Right. He's lost some step. He's a little old now. And it's just kind of confused me because they're not letting him go. They haven't traded him. Like, what are they doing? I just, and I think most Bucks fans have kind of been wondering that too. A lot of people I've seen have said, can we just get this over with, please? One way or the other. Yeah, but if they get it over with, what are we going to have to talk about? That's true. And speculating. <laughs> so I have a theory. Okay. 
perhaps... Is it a conspiracy theory or just a theory theory? Just a theory theory. In light of today's comments about Vernon, and then the media just happens to bring up, oh, he's done this before. He tries to make a statement to his older players, and they know that it's coming usually that he's going to call them out. Maybe he was doing it to McCoy to try to make him play harder and better. Maybe it was him trying to be like, all right, let's 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 see how much step you got left, old man. Well, if he did, that sure did fail because McCoy ain't even showing up for practice. Well, yeah, in, I, in that respect, it showed you, I don't want that kind of person on the team if he can't take criticism. And that's a, that's a big point because McCoy, one, cannot take criticism. We know that. Never has. Just, he blocked Ian Beckles. Yeah, just on his Twitter and Instagram accounts. He blocked Scott Reynolds. He made retract an article that was critical of the him. The only critical article Scott Reynolds ever wrote about McCoy, McCoy made him retract it and apologize for it. McCoy just yeah doesn't seem to handle criticism very well, and he's never had a coach criticize him, ever. Right. They've always come in, kissed the rings, the theoretical rings, not the real rings, because we don't have any in his tenure. So that's interesting. Maybe that's what he was doing, and McCoy failed the test. Yeah. It, it's hard to tell what's going to happen, but again, I'm of the opinion that McCoy's out of here. He's gone. There's oh, no yeah. Way. He's not coming back. Devin White had another interception today against the first stringers. Devin White was playing with the first stringers as well as defensive end Anthony Nelson. Oh. Yes, very interesting. They were both on the first string team practice today. Devin White had an interception against Jameis Winston's second play of the day. Wow. This is the third interception. Jameis, you got to knock that rust off, buddy. <laughs> second play <laughs> of the day and you're throwing a pick. Yeah, right. Is that oh. is that bad on Winston or is that good on Devin White? That's bad on Winston. Well, you know, it's Devin White's third interception he's had in practices that we know of. So, I'm wary of that, though, because you get these training camp guys that are just phenomenal and yes. then they fall flat in the regular season. Right. What do we call them? Training camp warriors? Yeah. yeah. MJ Stewart was working with first string today as well at the nickel position. Okay. Not at safety. Okay. But then again, with this defense, everybody seems to play every position. I mean, we don't we don't seem to have official safeties or official linebackers. Right, like the money backer. He yeah. plays both. Everything is, you're all over the field with this defense. So just because he's playing the nickel doesn't mean he's not going to be listed as a safety. Well, they've said that he would probably be in the nickel, right? That he was going to start there. I thought they said he was going to go switch to safety. But then again, that might be him at safety. Right. Just playing the nickel position. I still think they're trying to work everybody out and see where they fit the best. Yes. Bruce Arians said that he doesn't judge anybody at practice until after he watches the film. This guy watches a lot of film. If you haven't paid attention to any of his interviews or former player talks, they will tell you when they first met Bruce Arians, immediately they sit down and start watching film. And that's, that's what Bruce Arians does for coach interviews, player interviews, and all that. They sit down and they watch film together, and they comment on what they see. Bruce Arians is a film junkie, which I love because I'm a film junkie too. So. Yeah. Isn't Gruden the same way? I think on Monday Night Football, maybe, they had an interview with Gruden, and he had rented out this hotel room for the season. Yeah, he had a whole series of where he had quarterbacks come in. and Oh, that's that what it was. Yeah. I think it was the season that RG3 got drafted. Hmm. But he just has this hotel room that he has fitted as like an office. <laughs> and he just watches film there. Mike Evans had a beautiful touchdown today. Aren't all of his touchdowns beautiful? They, they really are. Second best receiver in the NFL. Very close behind the number one. Your boy, Julio Jones. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm telling you, if Julio Jones wasn't around, Mike Evans would be the best receiver in the NFL. But I just, 
As much as I hate to say it, Julio Jones is just that damn good. I know what you're getting for Father's Day. (laughs) Don't don't you dare. (laughs) Give me a Julio Jones jersey if it's Buccaneers colors. Uh, Mike Evans is a very close second, though. But he made a beautiful catch today. He caught it. He reached out one hand, and it bounced off, and then he caught it for a touchdown. Uh, Perriman did as well. He had another touchdown today. So everybody's playing well, it seems like. But, of course, again, it's no pads, no contact. Yeah. First day, too. I don't know if y'all have read... This article, if you haven't, go read it. It's by Greg Allman, and it's on our defensive end, outside linebacker, slash David Kenny, the guy we talked about last podcast that made it from the rookie minicamp tryouts. Right, and he hasn't played since, what, 2015? Yes, he has not played a snap of football anywhere since 2015. That's four years. That is crazy. Yes. Some guys will be out a year, and that's it. Four years? That just seems impossible. But he hasn't quit football. He's practicing every day. Read this article. It's really good. It breaks Kenny down. I'm rooting for the guy now. It's just really neat. You need an underdog. We got so many of them. We are the underdog team. We are. Do you want to sum it up? He was a golden ticket Defensive lineman straight out of high school. Everybody wanted him. All the Big Ten players, teams, the SEC uh, here in All-State Honors. Got scholarships from everybody. He was a four-star recruit as a senior in 2012. Uh, and he decided to go to Indiana. No, yes. Yeah, so first he committed to Iowa. Then he went to wanted to stay close to home in Indiana. Unfortunately, he couldn't keep his grades up. Academic issues made him have to leave school. And he didn't do too well in college either. He had nine tackles and zero sacks. As a true freshman in 2013. The uh, academics probably stressed him out so much he didn't play well. Yeah, and that's one of the things I talk about with these NFL guys. You know, they're not the best football players on the world. They're just the guys that have been able to get through the gauntlet. And part of the gauntlet is going through college and getting good grades. Why that has anything to do with playing football, I don't know. It's just how it is. So there's a lot of guys out there that are better football players than we have on the field now, but they just couldn't do it academically. I'll never understand that, why that matters, but it is what it is. He ended up uh, landed at a Division One AA Illinois State in 2015. He played seven games, but then the grades caught up to him again. And that was the last time he played football. But he didn't quit on his dream. He went to uh, workouts at the CFL, the Ottawa, Saskatchewan, and Toronto. Didn't get nothing from them. He ended up taking a regular job working in landscape. He was even a server at Famous Dave's Barbecue and at TGI Fridays as a busboy. That makes me think of Kurt Warner, who was bagging groceries <laughs> right. when he got the call. Right. Uh, but he just told himself, just stay with it, stay with it. And he ended up pestering Robert Mathis, a future Hall of Famer, defensive end for the Colts, so much on Instagram that they ended up striking conversations. Uh, Mathis said he just couldn't ignore the guy because he just kept on harassing and harassing him. <laughs> And then eventually he ended up uh, seeing him in a workout and just by chance and went over and started working with him. And now they've become best friends slash mentor and they've worked together every day. Mathis got him a tryout with Indianapolis Colts at rookie camp a week before our rookie camp this year. Now the Colts have a pretty good depth at their defensive line, defensive end, and they drafted a couple of defensive end players too. So they didn't really need him and he didn't make the team. Well, Mathis used to play with Arians, so he got the tryout at Buccaneers, and apparently the kid just lit it up, and he just shines. And Mathis said, after he got the contract with the Buccaneers to play the volunteer OTAs this year, he said, Mathis said, he is not going to be stopped from getting his dream. Now you've got a baby wolf on your hands. I just love that. So I'm nicknaming the guy Baby Wolf. Baby Wolf. Hopefully he'll grow up to be a dire wolf. 
That sounds like a really cool article. I want to read it now. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Some good reporting there. Yes. I don't know where Greg Allman got this from. It's, it seems like some real journalist work. He <laughs> went and talked to uh, David Kinney's ex-high school coach, some wow. college coaches, and even talked to uh, Mathis himself. So he, he put a little bit of footwork into this. All right. Read the article, guys. Yeah, it's on theatlantic.com. Athletic. I'm sorry. Theathletic.com. <laughs> Not the Atlantic. That's a, what is that, like a political newspaper? Yeah. Theathletic.com. Just it's search more for Greg Allman. sports. <laughs> yeah, you get, I think you can get a couple articles for free there, but it is a monthly subscription. Well worth it. I mean, I think the subscription you can get it as cheap as like $1.99 a month or something like that. They got some great stuff on there, good videos. I don't know why I'm shilling for them. They ain't paying me nothing. But. <laughs> Yeah, I just like to support our guys. It's a good article, though, but it makes me want to root for this guy, David Kinney. I'll tell you what, man. It sounds to me like our defense is stacked, our defensive line. I know everybody's talking about, oh, no, we've lost JPP, and we're going to lose Jerry McCoy. What are we going to do? No, nah, man, I'm telling you. Apparently, Noah Spence was out there lighting it up today. But, of course, we've heard that for a number of years. That Spence is the bomb. Uh, he, he could be. We still have Will Golston. We've got Nacho. Got Nacho. We've got Nassib. Who ain't no slouch. Mm-mm. And we've got this new defensive end, David Kenny, and we've got the new one who is starting. Nelson. Yeah. So, and then that doesn't count all the linebackers and quarterbacks we're going to have rushing too. I mean, these guys blitz like crazy. And I tell you, I was thinking about this today with Vita Vea, the way he pushes the middle in, and he takes two guys. They have to block him with two guys. This is no, if you block him with one guy, he's going to get to your quarterback in under three seconds. Yeah. If you run the ball, he's just going to throw the offensive lineman to the side and tackle the runner. It's just that simple. Well, he's going to be taking up two people straight up the middle, and you're going to have Devin White shooting up the middle and Levante David shooting up the middle. I'm telling you, man, we are going to rack up some sacks this year. You ain't going to be able to stop those three. You can't do it. The One of the Joes, I was listening to the Ira Kaufman podcast, and one of the Joes was talking about how much they like Casey Rogers, the defensive line coach. Really? Yeah. They said they didn't understand why we didn't keep Brenson Buckner, but if you gave them the choice, they'd be picking Casey Rogers all day. Wow. Yeah. High praise, I thought. Yes, because Buckner was really good. Everybody loved Buckner. Yeah. Huh, interesting. They, the Buccaneers had a tweet with a short video of the defensive line going up against, I don't know, what's that big thing? Sled. The sled. And Low Locust was standing on it. And mm. I had to show Ralph this. That woman has some guns. Yeah, she's like, big. I was impressed. I was like, dang, she's fit. She's Yeah, she's stocky. Yeah. Good build for a defensive line coach, I think. Yeah, you don't want the little skinny, scrawny person out there trying to tell you what to do when you're a 300 plus pound defensive line. That's true. <laughs> like, I'll break you in half. Watch out, I might step on you. Yeah. We made a few cuts in advance of OTAs. We had to release four players. So we signed running back Kerwin Williams, already released him. He's gone. We also cut tight end Isaiah Seawright. He was waived. Because he was injured. And then we waived tackle Israel Helms and wide receiver Malik Taylor. Did you notice that that's three Bible names there? Isaiah, Israel, and Malik? Is Malik? It sounds like a Bible name. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Probably. Interesting. I, I found that interesting, yeah. When I saw uh, Israel got cut, and then right after that was Isaiah, I was like, hmm. We were just talking about names last podcast. Now we're, you're paying attention. Well, I know you're a name freak, so <laughs> try to keep up I didn't on that. even notice that. Actually, no, Malik is not in the Bible. Sounds biblical. It does sound biblical. There was a Melek, M-E-L-E-K, oh, M-E-L-E-C-H. 
Malik is actually an Islamic name, means king. Well, that's a variation of the Abrahamic religion, so yeah. I'd give you that. Yeah, it's in some holy book. Yeah, there we go. That's <laughs> so I'm just going to start saying holy book instead of the Bible. <laughs> there you go. The moneybacker, Dion Buchanan, he is now listed at linebacker slash safety. He was previously just listed as a linebacker. Oh, Jamar Dotson was there, but he is limited in what he's doing right now, per Greg Allman. So they had Alex Kappa starting at right guard and Caleb Beninock at right tackle. The fan favorites. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's going to make everybody happy. Aaron said that for rookie corners, there's an adjustment in the league because in college they're allowed to touch the receivers longer. They have like 12 to 15 yards, whereas in the NFL you only have five yards. So it's really hard to break the rookie cornerbacks of too much contact. Why do they do that? Why does college have rules that are different than the NFL? That's a good question. I don't know. Hmm. Guess they just want to be different. I guess so. But it really does impact the NFL because, and Nick Rapone pointed this out in his press conference, that it might be the trend in college that now they're getting these big, physical, fast, secondary players and so those are the people entering the draft in the nfl so that's kind of the trend that you get so the nfl kind of has to evolve based on what the college level is doing with vernon not practicing sean murphy bunting and jamel dean got most of the first team work so are two draft picks interesting well hmm. yeah i don't think that the secondary is set at all no we also haven't heard much about Carlton Davis, Ryan Smith, Carlton Davis Justin got hurt Evans. Today. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Yeah, nothing serious. He just. But it's only you only hear about him when the reporters ask. It's not like BA is talking him up. In addition to Gerald McCoy and JPP not practicing today, there were some guys that were in attendance but not participating. Safety Justin Evans, oh, that I just talked about. He's had a toe injury mm -hmm. that kept him out at the end of last season, and it's still bothering him. Hey, that was season or career ending. I know. That's what Carl happened. Nicks. Deion Sanders ended his career. Really? Turf toe. Yeah, nobody had heard of turf toe until Deion Sanders got it. And then now everybody knows that you get turf toe, your career might be over. I had no idea that's what ended his career. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Learn something new every day. You're just a dearth of football knowledge. <laughs> I can be. A lot of times I'm a dearth of BS, too. <laughs> They're not mutually exclusive. I leave it up to you to find your truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the follow-up and fact checks are for. You're yeah. going to be Googling Deion Sanders' turf toe. Yep. Yep. Cameron Bright was also in attendance but not participating. Jack Sitchi and Evan Smith. Devin White, in addition to his interception apparently he's just falling right in with taking command of the defense he's calling plays and getting everybody lined up yeah they said that he's pretty much taken over the play calling out there on defense like immediately the joes brought up a point that they're drafting a linebacker they're putting him right beside levante david and they're asking levante david to take him under his wing show him the ropes and then they're also asking levante to kind of take a back seat and let Devin take over the defense. It was an interesting point that if it's any other player, they might have too much of an ego to kind of step back and let Devin come in and take command, but not Levante. He doesn't really want that role. No, he's always been more of the quiet warrior. Which 
it might be a good tandem. They balance each other out, you know? For all you fans out there that are kind of feeling despondent or pessimistic or not even excited about this year, don't be. Be optimistic. Get excited. We have the best coach we've had since, I would say since Dungy. Some people would say since Gruden. It don't matter. Since the last time we won the Super Bowl, he's building a wonderful staff. They're going to change the culture in this place. They've already started doing it. And Bruce Arians is a winner. He doesn't have losing football teams. As I said, he's been in the league for 25 seasons. And of those 25 seasons, what was it, 16 or 15, uh, 16 seasons, he went to the playoffs. He's only had five losing seasons in 25 years. That's just incredible. Now, Vegas has us at six and a half games over and under this year. They're saying we're going to win about six and a half games. In 2013, when Bruce Arians first took over the Cardinals, they said they were going to win five games. They ended up winning 10. So Vegas doesn't know what it's talking about. Well, Vegas is usually pretty good about what they talk about, but sometimes they get the anomaly. I think Bruce Arians is an anomaly. And we've got some really good players on this team, too. And we're going to start seeing them shine more and more during these OTAs. I'm excited for full pad practice. Now, now that we've got the OTA starting, I'm like, let's put some pads on. <laughs> I really want to go to open practice again this year. Yeah. That was a really cool experience. Yes, we should do that. we got to find something special, though. We went to the first day that they had indoor practice. We need to find something special. All right, whatever you're doing now, hit the share button in whatever app you're listening in and share it to whatever social media platform you want. Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, whatever. Wherever you know Buck fans reside, give us a share out. Let people know to listen to us. You don't want to keep all this goodiness to yourself. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with me, you can reach me at mollybay at buccaneersobserver.com. She's trying to think of something funny. I am trying to think of something funny. <laughs> I forgot about this part of it. How about just contact Ralph? Yeah, you could do that. Ralph at buccaneersobserver.com. <laughs> I'm going to have a funny one next time. We're on Twitter at bucks underscore observer. And we got a website, buccaneersobserver.com. That's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks.